Welcome to In the Club VIP, a Kansas Athletic Club production, striving for incremental improvement every day. Welcome back to another episode of In the Club VIP. This week, we're going to do things a little bit differently. This week, we're actually going to play for you a recording of a podcast called The Healthy KC Podcast, in which TJ and Nick both were guests on. The Healthy KC Podcast is run by Dr. Tim and Dr. Jess Cummings. They are uh, doctors of physical therapy, and actually, they own the company Restore Thrive, in which I work for as a physical therapist out of the gym. During the interview, they talked to TJ and Nick about the, the origins of the gym, um, how they came to, to be where they are today, how fitness has impacted their journey, and just kind of the general outlook they have on the industry and how they see things going for our gym. So I think it's a really good interview. It, uh, it does run a little bit longer than what we normally do. So give it a listen, tell us what you think, and check out that Healthy KC podcast as well. If you want more information about their company, Restore Thrive, check out restorethrive.com, or also let me know. Obviously, I'm close to the situation. I can help you out with that. Otherwise, enjoy. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Tim Cummings. And this is Dr. Jess Cummings. And this is the Healthy Kansas City Podcast. Welcome back to the Healthy Kansas City Podcast. And on today's episode, we interviewed TJ Kidlin and Nick Reyes, who own Kansas Athletic Club. You guys are not going to want to miss this. Kansas Athletic Club is one of the new satellite locations for Restore Thrive, and it is a great gym. So you will love hearing all about what they're doing there. Absolutely. This is a great conversation, and I think it really takes the lid off a lot of preconceptions as far as what CrossFit looks like and what it is. And Nick and TJ's gym is way more than just your standard CrossFit gym. They have not only rebranded their gym, but they have really evolved in their thinking over the years as far as really trying to spread the message of health, fitness, and longevity to a broader community. And I think a lot of people think that um, the CrossFit community is a very um, tight, closed, small circle of elite athletes. And so the conversation I think you guys will enjoy, like Jess mentioned, because what we talk about is how it is such a, a broad spectrum of people who um, go to their gym and have built the Kansas Athletic Club community. It's it's going to be, I think, a real treat for you guys. And we highly encourage you guys to, to check them out too as well. They are a great small business in South Overland Park, and they are well worth your time to uh, take a look at. So we hope you guys enjoy this episode. As always, leave a five-star review. And if you don't want to leave fi a five-star review, don't leave a review. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the Healthy Kansas City Podcast. We're super excited today to have Nick Reyes and TJ Kidlin of Kansas Athletic Club joining us to talk all things health, fitness, training, and that world. So Nick and TJ, welcome to the podcast. Thank well, you, guys. We're excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. We're really happy to have you guys on. Um, and so full disclosure, we, we have a working relationship with Nick and TJ now, um, our super friend. Uh, Dr. Patrick Chandler is a coach and now a physical therapist working at a Kansas Athletic Club. And um, 
So we're super excited about that just because this was our vision when Jess and I started our business is we really wanted to connect with quality gyms like the Kansas Athletic Club. So it's really cool to see this thing come into fruition. But what we're going to really focus on today is just talking to you guys about your background, how you guys got started, and then how things have evolved over the years and what you guys are up to now. So I think probably the first, first thing to start with would just be how – how in the world did you guys start your gym? Because you've got a pretty, pretty nice gym now. Yes, so it was pretty sweet. I yeah. have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's definitely come a long way. Um, not to to dive into a too deep of a rabbit hole of how we got started, but uh, we opened up December first, uh, twenty twelve. Uh, we were formerly known as CrossFit nine one three. This was before even Nick even started. Um, basically, how I got into fitness. Uh, again, long story short, my brother passed away. Uh, I moved home. I was working uh, in South Carolina doing ironworks, so nothing even remotely close to fitness. But I uh, lost my brother. Um, obviously, it's super sad. But I was in kind of a, a dark depression. Um, I was struggling a lot, and uh, my mom happened to take a CrossFit class at the Jewish Community Center. And uh, she got home. She's like, "TJ, you have to try this." She's like, "I know how competitive you are. You will love this." And, and uh, hold on a second, like that never happens. Our parents' generation, like I shouldn't say that. We we have clients of all ages who are active, but like that's rare for yeah. our parents' generation to be into CrossFit. That's so cool. Like, yeah, so, why did she go? <laughs> well, so I I I guess um, their their instructor didn't show up, and uh, the guy at the time that was running the CrossFit program at the Jewish Community Center just took them all in and ran them through. So, so this she was supposed to be taking a different class exactly. and that ended up cool. She got home and she's like, hey, you need to try this. She's like, I'm, I'm a super competitive person. I'm sure Nick can elaborate on this. It's, it's a little bit. <laughs> uh, I took the class, absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, for all the CrossFitters out there, my first workout was Fran, 21-15-9 of thrusters and pull-ups, and I was hooked. Um, and so, uh, they weren't really giving us funds. I started helping out. I started helping coach and, and, and kind of dove, you know, head first into that, started helping them coach and started running a kid's program there at the Jewish community center. And, uh, they weren't really pumping a lot of money into it and they, they spent a bunch of money on a boxing program. And so, uh, the guy there at the time we, we talked and we're like, we can do this better. So, uh, we we actually started CrossFit 9 with three with about 10 grand. We had, uh, <laughs> we had 10 foot of rig. We had six bars. I mean, Nick can remember this. This yeah. is old school. We had like, I don't know, eight or nine kettlebells. And, yep. uh, we just kind of, you know, grudged our way through it for a while. And, uh, we needed a, a numbers and a business guy. And, uh, Nick was one of our first members. Nick actually emailed me, uh, before we were in open, was like, hey, I heard you're opening up a, a CrossFit gym because uh, his wife was a family friend growing up. So I knew his wife long before I knew Nick. Nick, and, it uh, seems everybody meets your wife first. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Nick was one of our first members. And then obviously, Nick, if you've ever been around him, he's just uh, an awesome person to be around. And uh, I knew he was, uh, he was always going to be part of the team. So we, we added Nick pretty early on, probably within a year of opening up. Yep. And then uh, that's when we started taking off. Nick was the numbers guy. He told, he would tell me what I needed to buy, when I could buy it, uh, stop me from buying anything. We didn't have a whole lot of money. At <laughs> there, the was time. Yeah, there was a whole there lot was of buying. So, well, yeah. for those of you listening who have never started a gym or bought equipment, like it is not cheap. You know, working from home for us when we started our clinic, that was what like our big investment was all of our equipment because we have barbells here we have a squat rack we have kettlebells and 
I mean, there are cheaper options, but there's really just, it's, it's going to be an investment. <laughs> Yeah. And not I mean, a lot of stuff too. Like you guys are talking about, it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, when you start a little small gym like that, it's like, well, I guess we can make this work. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you just, I think that really helps in your, your coaching journey too, when you ha you're forced to be a little more creative and re mm -hmm. resourceful. So Nick would probably remember this. We, we would do have deadlift day and like people would all share on bars yeah, and take too. weight off on one bar, put it on another bar. And yeah. but yeah, but once we had a Nick, it was, uh, it was much more ran like a business, you know. I, I, I would say, I, I think it's fair to say I'm probably more like the personality. Uh, mm -hmm. Nick's definitely more of the business mind. So we're like, we're an awesome team. Uh, yeah. I, I, the relationships, Nick's all about like, where are we getting next? And yeah, so, I didn't even, I didn't even do coaching until like year seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I didn't>, so. <laughs> that's awesome, guys. Love to hear that. Yeah, we, we can relate to that too, man. That's, that's kind of how we do it. It's like, yeah, if I, I was forced to run the the finance and system side of our business, like, yeah, I don't think we'd be having this conversation no, right Tim now. Tim is the visionary, yeah. and I'm like, okay, well, we have to do X, Y, and Z before we get yeah. there. Yeah, and, and Jess is just kind of like, monkey, get out in front of the camera. Like, you got to do the YouTube videos, and you got to do the social media. I don't and like that's, the camera. Yeah. I don't have time for that. It's an approach that most businesses, most small businesses really should take, you know, and yeah. You get a lot of uh, people that are both really good at baking, but no one that actually knows how to sell cupcakes, right? right. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. a great analogy. <laughs> well, cool history, guys. So, so you guys started working together. Obviously, it's been how many years now that you guys have been a team? Yeah, we start year nine, I think, in December. Yeah, awesome. yeah, man, awesome. that's cool. Well, I mean, and that's that's something we talk about all the time. We love just seeing small businesses like your guys's. Um, succeed because it is an uncommon thing. I think the stat is like what over 50% of small businesses close within the first five years that they start. So I think it's the first year, isn't it? I mean, most it, small businesses will fail in the first it, year or two. Yeah, it's not long. So for you guys to be hitting almost a decade, that's man, kudos to you guys. That's You're doing really something cool. right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you've got you know, just a, a great membership there too. Yeah. I know you guys have really been able to pivot and kind of smartly adapt to the current environment we're in too. It seems like you guys are still keeping your heads above water pretty well, despite the circumstances, which are hard for small practices, you know, and gyms like yours and ours. So and for those listening to this years later, months later, we're talking about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the middle of COVID season. So for, or yeah. Those well, they'll see the, the data road. on the podcast. I don't think we'll soon I forget mean, this. Yes. No, so. we'll not be out of this for a while, but. <laughs> well, the other thing that I want to talk to you guys about, because I know you guys have some different offerings now. So when people hear CrossFit, I think they get an image in their mind of what that looks like. And so much of that's influenced by the media these days and what we see on TV and on social media. But the thing that really struck me when we met you guys the first time I went to your gym was that like you had a much broader vision for not only the way you were training people, but the type of people that you wanted to work with as well. You weren't trying to cram everybody into that box, you know, of like high level CrossFit competition. So can you guys talk a little bit about that? Cause like TJ, I know you coming in in 2012, like that's, that's OG CrossFit. It's like, yeah, there's not a lot of variation and, you know, specialization and, you know, appreciation of the individuality of the All people right, that walk through the door. hold on. What is OG CrossFit for our listeners who don't know? Because I don't know, even though I love to lift weights. <laughs> well, so give us a little background here. Yeah. A little grungy. Yeah. Um, garage style. Yeah. Full send. Like, there was no, right. <laughs> like no holding back. I mean, at one point, they uh, they really kind of propped up uh, Pukey the Clown as the mascot, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
um, and, and really CrossFit as a methodology has, has adapted and changed over the years. Um, but OG CrossFit was very militaristic, not, no excuses, mm-hmm. um, just a different approach, I think. And it evolved partially out of needing to evolve. Uh, as a fitness methodology more and, and we evolved along with it like, I think a lot of kind of long-term CrossFit affiliates have evolved along with it as well uh, kind of seeing the light over time so yeah. to say so, yeah so yeah I mean that but but really I mean when did we first start thinking about rebranding was it like four years ago yeah and then when we sat on it for another two, two years, years probably yeah. And um, what was the exact catalyst? You and I were driving down to Manhattan, Kansas to go visit uh, K-State CrossFit. Uh-huh. Um, and it was at that point we were like, you know what? Like, we're just going to rebrand. And we have to rebrand because of the fact that um, we don't have control over our name. Like if, and this was, again, years ago, right? It was like, yeah. if, mm-hmm. if, this, if, if the CEO of CrossFit comes out and does something weird or goofy or whatever, we're we don't have ownership over our name, so to say. Yeah. Uh, and then of course comes along all of the preconceived notions when you hear the word CrossFit and you still maybe tie that back to Pukey the Clown. Yeah, we have these other programs and we're talking, we were in talks at the time with Michael Yabbit about starting Epic. Yeah. And so we're like, that eh, doesn't really jive. So there's like a, just a lot of misses with the name CrossFit 913 being on the sign. Yeah. yeah. It basically gave us an opportunity to pull a wider demographic in, right? Yep. You know, like he said, when you hear CrossFit, you have a, an initial uh, kind of a reaction of what you think or a conceptual understanding of what you think CrossFit is. And so we thought if we had our own brand, it would give us a, a, a better chance of pulling in a lot more people into here uh, and giving them the opportunity to try us out and not have that preconceived notion of what we offer and like see that we really value coaching, we value you know quality movement. Or we have another program called Epic that, you know, is a little bit, the barrier of entry is a little bit easier. And so basically allowed us to, to pull a much wider net in. Yeah. So. Yeah. And even at the time, um, we had a, uh, a coach here, Ben, who ran, uh, a, 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 we call it Legends. It was for 55 and up um, and also a youth program. And so my, my mom was a part of the Legends program. She moved back to Kansas City from Pennsylvania at the, around the time that this program was started. And it was the, my, it's really my mother's first foray into exercise. And she wouldn't have ever considered CrossFit. Mm-hmm. She would do this Legends program. But the name on the sign was still CrossFit 913. So it, it became like this, I don't know if I can go to your gym, son, because it's a CrossFit gym and I don't do CrossFit. I'm like, but mom, it's, a, it's different. It's targeted for you. Well, it's still CrossFit. I'm like, what? Damn it, mom. <laughs> <laughs> But to me, that, that was that sudden disconnect, Yeah. right? Yeah. It's, if I couldn't get my own mother into the door, then how would we get everyone else's mothers into the door and fathers into the door to help impact their lives and change their lives if the name yeah. was the blocker? Well, it's like, oh, like every time I saw my high school buddies, hey, man, I need to get in shape before I come to your gym. Like, no, <laughs> I do. Right. I get you in shape. No, I can't do CrossFit. It's way too intense for me. I'm like, no, it's, it's not like that. You know, so just give us a better opportunity. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's really smart. And I think that 
that's kind of what we've seen in even the field of physical therapy too, is that a lot of times people's preconceptions keep them from even walking through the door to start. And so I think that's really smart, like good on you guys for, for having the vision to, to kind of change the way you were marketing yourselves, because I, I've seen that with so many people and especially that, that older demographic as well. One of the things that, that we've always hung our hat on is that idea that um, I think it was Gray Cook who said, you were meant to grow strong and age gracefully. And having a physical practice that encompasses the things that even we saw in CrossFit, you know, the thing that I thought was really brilliant about the way CrossFit was designed is that it was encompassing kind of the whole spectrum of basic movements that you could do in the gym. It's squatting, it's deadlifting, it's, you know, horizontal pressing and pulling. It's, you know, using your body through the full ranges of motion that you should be able to do. Now, how far you want to go down that road, that road in terms of intensity or volume is completely up to you and your coach. But I think the, the, the problem really came when, again, that kind of marketing came out and CrossFit went from the garage and kind of that, you know, warehouse type of setting to the more commercial type of, you know, um, advertisement that you saw with CrossFit when the games really became a big thing. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, like you guys are talking about, it's like, well, I can't do that. It's like, well, yeah, that's not what we're trying to do. Like, that's like, that's right. the tip of the spear. That's or, like the or point that 1%. person you're watching do that has been doing that for months or years. That's not the level we expect you to start. You know, there is that huge variant. And, you know, like Tim was saying on the PT side of things, we get a lot of, oh, I thought PT was just for after surgery, or I thought PT was for my grandma. They walk in our gym and they're like, oh, that's intense, <laughs> which is also not like what we want people to think either, but they see the barbells and the squat rack and the kettlebells and that can freak people out sometimes. But we, the whole point is we have a broad spectrum of clients that we work with. We primarily want to work with active, motivated people that, you know, hey, we're teaching you to stay active or I want you to go to Kansas Athletic Club and be able to continue working with your coach and not have that shoulder injury hang you up anymore or stop going to the gym just because you're injured and you can't figure it out. That's where we come into the play. That's where we, you know, and like Tim said, we want to teach our clients to grow strong and age gracefully. And in order to do that, you need a PT, maybe. You definitely need a coach, you guys, <laughs> to help get you in shape so that you can do life. And I've said this before in the podcast, and I say this a lot to my friends and my clients, Every single time I am getting groceries out of our car, which I go to the grocery store every Wednesday, that's my grocery shopping day, I am deadlifting. And every time I'm thinking, this is why I train, because it is life. And every time I pick up a kid, which my kids are getting older now, our four-year-old who is huge, <laughs> you know, still wants me to hold him. But I mean, every time I pick up a kid, same thing. I'm squatting, I'm deadlifting. And if I don't do that with weight, I will injure myself when I'm doing that with my kids. So it's so important to have those life skills to stay strong. And ladies listening, I've been lifting since I was 15. And that's just my jam. I love it. I realize it's not everybody, but I have gone through three pregnancies, had three kids. I have not had any significant pain that has held me back prepartum, during pregnancy, postpartum. So it is possible, but we need a coach and we need a strength program. And you're not bulky, right? <laughs> yeah. Somehow, like even though I she, don't think so. I don't know. Can you? <laughs> yeah, not very much. That's yeah, I mean, she's probably pound for pound stronger than me, which is kind of scary. But like, yeah, doesn't look like me, which is certainly a good thing. So that's that we deal with a lot. It's yeah. like you know, we we deal with the people that think like, oh my gosh, those CrossFit Games athletes. Like, no, that, that's like playing pickup and like expecting to be like LeBron James. It's not how that right. works. 
Right. Or the people that think if they touch a barbell, they're going to be as bulky as I am. No, I was, I've been bulky my whole life. Like this, like this is pretty predisposed. So it's like, <laughs> I, you know, it, some, of these, some of these people that think they'll come in here and they'll touch a dumbbell and then they're like, you know, <laughs> just like, no, these people work, work really, really, really hard to add that kind of muscle. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what Dan John says. It's genetics, geography, and opportunity is what puts <laughs> you in this position. And it's like most of us don't have all those things working for us. So, but. Well, and something else I want to touch on too. I love this about the CrossFit community. And I realize you guys are doing more than just your traditional CrossFit, but you have a great community, which, and we've talked about this a little bit before with other guests on this podcast. We talk about it a lot with our clients, but community is so important. Like people stick with programs. If they have accountability, if they have a community they enjoy and you guys have a great thing going there. So talk about your people. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think from the beginning, the people have always been, um, you know, kind of the, the, the core to what we do here. Um, obviously fitness is, is the end result, but how it gets there is, is largely through the people. Um, just my introduction into it early on was, uh, you know, meeting TJ, who is a big personality, glowing when you meet him. Um, and so I came from a uh, just a Globo gym, headphones in, lift, tired, you know, you just whatever, change your playlist, you don't have anyone to motivate you, skip a day, no accountability. I think a lot of people come from that rabbit wheel or that hamster wheel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the immediate thing was I felt like someone was, was not going to let me fail myself if I was having a bad day, if I was distracted at work, if I was sad or upset about something, I would walk into the gym and TJ would not let me fail the training that day, right? So, so that to me was the, was, was the hook. And then when you add that you've got, you, you start to forge these other relationships, these other friendships. And then I've got more than just TJ. That's not going to let me fail. I've got Pat. That's not going to let me fail. I've got Jess. That's not going to let me fail. I've got Anthony and the list just keeps going on and on and on of the people who are going to text me, say, hi, I may be having the worst day in the world. In fact, I walked in today um, like, man, I got so much to do going on, blah, 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 blah. And I walk in, there's all these smiling faces talking and I'm like my day's better <laughs> yeah. right so so that's what the community does and uh, uh, that's I think is the, the, the thing that keeps people coming back even though fitness is hard and because they just keep showing up they end up getting the results that they're looking for yeah I, I, this this kind of goes back to my why and I, I didn't really talk about my why but you know coming from you know something that I started CrossFit, I was kind of in that, that depression, that, that kind of that hole I was in. And I told myself if anything could get me out of that hole, like CrossFit did for me, I wanted to give that back. Um, no one's going to remember how I taught them how to snatch. You know, no one's going to remember how I taught them how to do a kipping pull-up or a deadlift. But they are going to remember how I made them feel in that hour that they saw me. And so, like, yes, I might not be the best X's and O's coach, but I'm going to, you know, you build a relationship with you, you know, learn a little bit about your family. I, I want to make those connections. And I think that's the most important part. So when those people come in, they, they know I do, I do give a damn. I, I care about them on such a different level than just like, sweet, you have an awesome power clean. Like, I don't care about that. Like, obviously I want you to move really well, 
but I want you to, I want you to be happy in your life. I want you to go home, be able to play with your kids and do all those things. Like that's important to me. And that's my why. And I think that comes out in our coaching. I think that's why our community is so strong because all the coaches in here, you know, really push that. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's kind of built because of that. It's been built into the culture of the staff as well. Um, you know, we don't just hire, in fact, we were having this conversation earlier this morning, just very briefly, like we don't just hire any staff member here at all. I mean, in fact, we get people that would reach out all the time and send us a list of credentials. I'm like, cool, you got amazing, amazing resume. We don't need anyone right now. And yeah. if we did, we would look for a personality from within our community who has shown us the ability to build up others more so than a list of credentials. Because we can teach you the X's and O's, but you can't teach give a damn. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, so those connections, like you guys are talking about, you know, realizing that, that you're treating people, that you're not, it's not just about going in and like working on your fitness, you know, and or like what we call training to train. You're not just training to train. You're training because of what the training affords you in the other areas of your life and that community aspect is huge and I think yeah especially in this day and age <laughs> being yeah. able feeling connected with other people is just is so important I mean what they're starting to figure that out we, we're very much in that that world of looking at things as far as the long game how can we you know really lengthen out somebody's health span not just how long they live but the quality of life how long can we hold that line of top level performance and one of the things we're starting to see they're they're talking about now social isolation can be as damaging as like a pack a day cigarette habit like if you're not getting connected with people like you're you're just missing out on a fundamental human experience you know that that all of us are designed to have so that's i think that's really cool um Kind of going along this theme, I think to give people a little more insight into what it's like to be in your gym from just a practical perspective, because again, you know, this is, you know, our kind of local podcast and we want to introduce people around the city who don't know you guys. Can you give us like a little overview of what the onboarding process is? Like if somebody comes in, is it just jump into the class? Do you get to have some time talking with the coach? Do you have an onboarding process? Kind of what, what are the, the things that you do when you have somebody new coming in? Yeah. And, you know, what are your class sizes like? What do classes look like? And what are all the offerings that y'all have? Yeah, let me, let me start with the onboarding. Um, basically, we have an initial consultation first. Uh, we want to hear your goals, what makes you tick, you know, why you're interested in, in possibly looking to join. Uh, you know, once we get that, um, then we, uh, we'll, we'll do our, our, our fundamentals. Um, basically, it's, you know, four to eight sessions, depending on skill level. Um, it allows us to work with someone one-on-one. We think that's important, right? Uh, you know, he, he moves differently than me. So, like, if I was working with him, I would train him differently than I would train myself. And so it allows us to, to build, you know, basically a, a customizable plan uh, for that individual on what their skill set is at and where they need to be to join our classes. We do technical, we do high technical movements in CrossFit. I mean, mm-hmm. that's 
I think a lot of people would, would, would know that. Um, so it, it's important not just, just to toss anyone into class. Uh, it also takes away from the class. If I'm having to work with someone that's brand new on how to snatch, when I would really like to focus on giving everyone you know, a couple cues rather than me just staying with someone in, individual uh, during that class. And so you know, once they graduate through that you know, four to eight sessions, um, then they'll get moved over in their class. So they feel a little bit more confident. They've had that one-on-one -on -one training with the coach. Um, they don't, you know, it allows them to feel more comfortable. And then what we also do is, you know, say if Pat is working with someone in fundamentals, he'll be at their first class with them. So now they're really, you know, encouraged to be in there and they don't, it, they kind of have that safety blanket of having Pat or having Nick or Anthony or myself. Uh, and, and so, yeah, once they get in there, then they, uh, then they get full access to our, our coaching and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've used that method for three ish years now. Three years, yeah. Before that, we just we had a uh, fundamentals class that new people would come into, and it, we just found that it, they weren't progressing as fast as that we would like them to. Mm -hmm. We we thought the one on one approach was a, a much smarter and a more effective way of uh, of getting people moved into class. And yeah. even before that, we just tossed them into the fire. So this is a, <laughs> this, this is a, this was like early on OG CrossFit, like oh. It's a 40 minute AMRAP, hop in. Yeah, come on down. Yeah. And AMRAP guys, as many reps as possible. Yes. Yeah. If yeah. anyone's listening and doesn't know that term, I still have to ask him, I'm like, I know that, what is that when he puts my workout, workouts up on our board? I'm like, what is that again? And my brain stops. <laughs> You're putting way too many short yeah. phrases in here. Yeah, you can see how this relationship works, you know, where Jess is just like, tell me what to do on the, in the gym I at least. It. That's the I don't only, that's think actually about it. the, that's the only place where she asked me, what should I do? So, <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. That is accurate. <laughs> but no, I mean, going back to what you guys were just talking about and to, to give our listeners some insight too, I, I think what you guys are doing it is so important that that one-on-one -on -one meeting at first and that one-on-one -on -one coaching and that understanding that like there's individuality with each person and even though you may have a system that you're trying to use it's like you have to figure out where that person is coming in when they're trying to get into your program and figure out like what are the limiting factors that we need to address first and not just trying to cram them into you know the the full you know class that everybody else is doing i think a lot of people have probably been exposed to that. I've worked with CrossFitters in the past and I've had those discussions with them about what their onboarding process is like. And I feel like that's, that's so important because I think you, you really create either really good habits and routines early on when you do something like that, if you do it the right way, or you really create some bad habits if you're just saying like, hey, yeah, just come in and try to keep up and we'll see how it's going. And I've been to CrossFit gyms before where it's like, this is the curse of being a physical therapist is like, you notice everybody's bad mechanics everywhere you go. It's like, you know, if I'm like walking downtown, you know, or on the plaza, I'm just like, oh, that part, look, those people's feet aren't, how, how are they walking with their toes turned out? And like, why are they like their heads, like six inches in front of their shoulders? Like they're going to have discogenic problems. And we're probably looking at a hip labor replacement. And it's like, yeah, I had to re really resist the urge to fix people on the street that I don't know. But I see that in the gym too, a lot of times. And, you know, I think a lot of it is that coaches get, you know, somewhat overwhelmed or they don't really have an eye or a system to catch people where they're at. And I see people being put into programs that really don't match their competency in terms of how they move. And so like you were talking about TJ, like when you get into some of those Olympic and pre-Olympic lifts, those are as much technical skill-based exercises as they are 
I would argue they're probably more in that category than they are an absolute or a relative strength type of exercise where it's not just about how strong you are. It's understanding, can you move in a coordinated way and produce good posture and position through range? So I think that's really cool to hear that you guys have, have a system in place where you're catching that on the front end. So Well, on our end too, on the PT end, I cannot tell you the percentage of clients I have. I mean, it's a high percentage. I wouldn't know the exact percentage, but thinking about it, I'm like, geez, everybody that I've worked with recently, like teaching them how to hip hinge, these simple things like you can't squat, you can't deadlift, you can't go through life well without back pain or hip pain or knee pain if you cannot hip hinge correctly. And it's a common thing on our end that we're seeing of people of all ages that we are having to teach that basic skill. And so yeah, if you are getting stuck in a class or you've never worked one-on-one with your coach or maybe just one time to have a chat, you know, before you're stuck in a class with people that are doing really high level lifts, you will get injured. And so you guys are really smart with how you are onboarding your clientele. There's also some general health, wellness, fitness uh, concepts that can be better disseminated through a one-on-one setting in uh, I can think of, off the top of my head the importance of a warm up, the importance of a cool down. That if you just throw oh, someone, like that, you're gonna thank miss. You. <laughs> um, we're gonna miss. We're gonna miss the um, the importance of scaling and the and just us being able to tell you that we can infinitely scale every single movement for what wherever you are at, and we can show that in a one on one setting. It's harder to show when you've got a class of 12 people standing in front of a coach. We can explain it. We can give scaling numbers, but it's, you can't have a conversation with, with, you know, with one person while you're trying to conduct a class on, you know, on why it's important to scale and how it's the intent of the workout means more than anything. You can't throw in things about nutrition and you can't, you can just deliver that message more effectively to start their fitness journey in a one-on-one setting. Absolutely. That's cool. Well, let's talk about two, because I don't want to miss this because you guys have like a whole separate part of your gym where you're doing something different altogether than kind of your mainstream programming. And I'm probably going to get the name wrong. It's EPOC, right? EPOC, not EPIC. EPOC. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that because you mentioned that earlier, like that, that's a good starting point for a lot of folks that you're seeing now. Like what are kind of the the, the details as far around that program? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, obviously so a lot of it's functional movement. You know, it's, it's, it's still mm-hmm. a lot of CrossFit. I think mm-hmm. it's more disguised and uh, that the barrier of entry is a little bit easier. Um, I would say how the program is designed is a little bit slower pace, gives you the opportunity to just to really kind of slow down everything and, and, and essentially just uh, move really well for about 40 to 50 minutes. Uh, Michael does a great job of programming. Basically what it is, it's, you know, uh, whether he has four blocks or three blocks, he does cardio, capacity, accessory, and strength. And so it allows you to kind of go through these stages uh, of a workout. Uh, they're like 10-minute blocks. And he'll, he'll do like a lot of push and pull. Uh, he'll do like cardio capacity where you're rowing intervals. And so there's a lot of the similar concepts to CrossFit. But I, I would say it's uh, basically it's CrossFit without high-level weightlifting and high-level gymnastics. 
Um, so that's what allows that barrier of entry to be at, at, at a lower point, but the workouts are phenomenal. And I think they're a great supplement to each other. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. He does a really good job of creating kind of these different movements that you would never really do. But then you go over to the CrossFit side, you're like, man, my shoulders feel super strong. And you know, yeah. I think he does a lot of the, the a, accessory well. A lot of the CrossFit, the people who kind of lean towards the CrossFit classes here kind of live in that, that really high intensity uh, time domain, right? Like it's like mm -hmm. five minutes, 10 minutes, mm -hmm. a long workouts, 20 minutes, right? Um, yeah. And you're moving for 45 minutes pretty much nonstop when you do one of Michael's classes. Um, so, yeah, rotate through and, the box. And it is the first time you do it, if you live in the CrossFit world, you're like, oh my gosh, I just got destroyed. But it's, <laughs> you never, I, you don't really feel beat up. Mm -hmm. um, and the movements, his mind for movement and exercises is absolutely amazing. He's got a gift. He's good. Yeah. Whenever. So basically, uh, I mean, I can't even think of any of them off the top of my head. But if I just like look on Instagram, I'm like, I've never seen anyone do that in a fitness class before. It's like a lateral bear crawl up and or down into a burpee, back into a lateral yeah. bear crawl. Like <laughs> we did like uh, a burpee broad jump, and then you bear crawl backwards back to that original spot. Like just yeah. like weird animalistic movements, like. Mm -hmm or like random places because yeah. it's just so and, it's and, and michael comes from um uh title boxing he has a big boxing background i think mm. at some point he would like to add striking to the program as well yeah um, but so he was the uh, like the head in, head of instruction for title so as a new location open he would go and train the trainers so mm. he's he, he what what he has brought to this facility is that that franchise approach as far as um, uh, cleaning schedule and um, you know, open schedule, open procedure, closed procedure type of mentality that mm -hmm. exists COVID. because of our COVID help too. COVID <laughs> help too. Yeah, a little more time to fine tune those systems and processes. And, and, and that didn't, um, you know, when when it was TJ starting out with you know ten thousand uh, dollars from that. OG CrossFit mentality, you 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 grow that up and then merge it with a mindset of someone who has that very uh, rigid business approach, um, like Michael has, and you combine those things, and it it really has created a uh, a much better form. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's cool. Well, and it sounds like too as we we're talking through this, you guys. If I was going to talk about you guys with somebody else, I would say your thinking has evolved to the point where you guys are definitely playing the long game now. This just isn't about like, can we get a, a serious workout in? It's like, can we keep them coming back? Can we keep you well? Can we, yeah, play that long game? Well, nothing very much like what we want to see with our clientele coming in here. It's not just how many members can we get. Of course, everybody wants new clients. Like you have to stay in business, but you guys really care about your people. Like you you sit down and chat with them. Like, are you a good fit? And, and we do the same thing. You know, we always want to talk to a new client on the phone when they are going to come here. Like I hate, and, and people don't do this very often where they schedule themselves from the website. And if they do, we're calling them. Hey, mm -hmm. what do you need to be seen for? Um, what's your athletic background? What's going on? What's your lifestyle? How do you move right now? Um, making sure that they're a good fit for us because they might be better served elsewhere first before they come see us. Um, and that's important. Like we're not looking just to get anyone and everyone. We want them right. to be a good fit for our practice. That makes us great practitioners. That makes people happy when they come in here because they're getting what they need. And we are happy to refer out elsewhere. We've got lots of great people in our network that if a client is going to be served best with 
another provider first or a different type of physical therapy, we're happy to recommend that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we launched our nutrition program last year. Um, Anthony Kaler's the um, uh, our, our head nutrition coach um, here at the gym. And then, you know, our partnership with, with you guys, we actually just did a podcast, um, uh, TJ, Pat, and myself this week. One of the episodes that we recorded was on kind of what that vision of fitness moving forward really looks like. Mm. And it is uh, very much centered around how well you move and do you have um, someone like Pat as a movement specialist to diagnose movement deficiencies in a one-on-one setting, give you a um, you know, list of, of, of exercises and correct, corrective exercises to help address that, that can also communicate with your in-class coach and communicate with the person guiding your nutrition and then there's also maybe the, the fourth layer, which is uh, an individual design or programming for people who may not feel 100% safe in a COVID world of being inside of the walls of a public space. Mm-hmm. And they have a gym or they have some equipment at home. So how can we program for them and then combine all four of those areas into one to give someone really the, their best path towards a greater level of health and wellness than what they would experience otherwise? Yeah. Love that. And talk a little bit more about the nutrition piece of things, because I think there's a very common misconception in the general community that like, I just need to work myself out to death in order to lose weight or hit my fitness goals. And Tim and I see this with ourselves. (laughs) You guys are laughing over there. I know, I know that's what people think, but um, you know, when we don't sleep well, which we're pretty in tune with that. So we, we get a decent amount of sleep most nights, but there's nights we don't. We're stressed out. We're business owners. We're parents. Now we're homeschooling. So there's that. Um, but, you know, maybe you're on vacation and your nutrition gets off a little bit. It impacts your training. I mean, mm-hmm. if you really, like, if you are plateauing out, is it that you're not getting enough sleep or quality sleep? Is it that your nutrition stinks and you're plateauing? It may not be your training at all. So talk to us about what you guys offer with the nutrition piece of things. I'll let, I'll let Nick elaborate a little bit on nutrition. <laughs> I work a bad diet for <laughs> so, Well, at least you've got some help in-house now. So there's hope. There's at least there's hope. Accountability, right? You know, be here, but you eat here, right? So like, yeah, the accountability has been been really good. I've been eating a lot more whole foods rather than just uh, chicken right. nuggets. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever's between the gym and your house. Yeah. Exactly. Chipotle every day. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a um, it, it's all one on one. Anthony does a uh, an initial assessment, grabs body fat percentage from a uh, you know an in body uh, mm-hmm. machine, uh, along with some other uh, health markers that the in body will spit out for him. Um, and then from there, he can kind of develop what that uh, meal plan looks like, what that grocery list looks like, um, what foods are you allergic to. Um, yeah, yeah. And so Anthony, and, and Anthony is actually the perfect guy for this as well. Anthony has had um, uh, maybe his own kind of internal struggles with with food. And so I think he's got a story that's re- very relatable to uh, to men and women alike. Um, hmm. And I think we all do, but I think Anthony's hmm. very uh, – forthcoming with his and very willing to sit down and share that story. I don't want to uh, go into it for him, but um, he, I think a lot of people relate to it. I relate to it. Uh, He loves talking about it. And I know he also is big on starting small. So if, um, 
if, if through that one-on-one -on -one assessment, um, you know, you tell him that you're not sleeping four hours, you know, only four hours a day, that's all you get, rather than have you suddenly go headfirst into this super intense diet or nutrition program, it's going to be, well, let's start with water intake, let's up your sleep, and then let's, let's, let's just really get you a couple of days. Like, basically, let's eliminate a little bit of the bad and introduce a little bit of a good and through that one-on-one -on -one accountability, oh, cool, so we're making headway on the sleep, we're making headway on the water, you're doing okay on your Tuesday healthy eating day, um, let's take the next step forward. So it's very gradual, not like this super progressive, shock. yeah. Yep. Which is, I, I think, love it. That's yeah. doable for people. Like, well, it's, you know? I always call it, and I think about this as a PT as well. I always want to give people things that are additive, not just restrictive, because I think people really buck against that idea of like, well, you're going to take away all the things that I like to do, or you're going to tell me that I have to completely change my life. It's like we know from just a, a, a habit development perspective, it's like you can't just give people more stuff to do. You've got to be able to tie it to something that is not only a routine, but something that creates some sort of like positive feedback loop as well. Like, yeah, if you're not drinking enough water, you're not sleeping, you're probably going to feel better if we add a little more water and a little more sleep in there. That's not something that, that is hard to do. So I love that. We'll, we'll probably have to have him on. We'll have to have you guys get us connected because it sounds like he, he's doing, doing a great job of, of that nutrition side of things. I love to hear that when nutritionists aren't just handing out the meal plan that they give everybody, but they're actually sitting down to talk to the person in front of them and figure out what they need most. So. It's really hard for people to revamp their entire habit. Like habits are just hard to break. They just are. So, you know, doing it that way where it's these gradual things like, okay, now you see success with that. And now we're moving on to the next step that's what makes it manageable as people are developing healthier habits and they get the hang of that. Now that's simple. And we did that. I mean, we changed our diet drastically eight years ago now. And now to me, it's easy the way that we eat whole foods. I cook a lot. It's definitely a lifestyle, but had someone told me eight years ago that this is what my life would look like, then I would have freaked out and probably not done it because it would have been way too overwhelming. So. Yeah. You know, as a gym, it's something that we really should have, pursued uh way earlier in our in our business's life cycle um you know but but again we were a little bit younger guys we were still kind of living that like outworking a bad diet ourselves. um yeah. and you can only really kind of uh pour from what you have and that is tough when you maybe living a little bit uh incorrectly yourself so <laughs> Um, absolutely yep. ourselves and then all of a sudden it's like oh guess what like it is super important for us to be doing and super important that we teach this to everyone else now that you know we're getting to be older guys who um who still want to perform at a high level still want to move well still want to um you know every workout since <laughs> <laughs> you know still want to you know, play with kids stuff like that Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just always say it's just the, the buffer, the margin just gets a little narrower, the older you get. And it's like, those things become more important. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, well, and guys, you guys are phenomenal. Where can our audience find you? What, what is your physical location? And then where are you guys at on your website and social media? We are uh, right off 148th and Metcalf. We're uh, kind of right next door to uh, enterprise. Yeah, across the street from like the title boxing and those places over there. So yeah, we're off 148th Metcalf. Yep. Um, if the you're looking for more information, uh, Facebook page, Instagram page, 
you can just do a search for Kansas Athletic Club and find those. And then our website is kansasathleticclub.com. Uh, but it's ksathleticclub.com, so there's an abbreviation there. You can search best gym in Kansas City as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Start with best gym in Kansas City and then make your way from there. So, no, but this has been great, guys. Thank you so much for the time, um, like we talked about at the start. And we, we love what you guys are doing. Um, we're just, um, and we feel really honored that uh, you guys have partnered with us and, you know, we're pushing the same way. Um, it's just, it's an awesome thing. I feel like this is the direction that healthcare and fitness should be going. We should be having these conversations and we should be working together. And so you guys are, are proof positive that this thing can work like that. So yep. thank you so much for coming on. This and has been again, great. guys, you know, we've got Pat, who is a coach for Kansas Athletic Club, but he is also our PT for Restore Thrive. So those of you out South, I mean, check out Kansas Athletic Club. If you're needing help, Pat is doing physical therapy and training out of the gym there. So we right. love that. So you guys don't need to come to 95th and Antioch anymore. <laughs> if you're way out south, we got, we got a couple locations around town now. So this is great. Um, thanks Thank again, you. guys. We will have you back and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. for having us. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Kansas City podcast. If you like what you're hearing, check out all of our episodes here or at RestoreThrive.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show. Restore Thrive is the home to Kansas City's top physical therapy and performance training practice. We're all about helping active individuals and athletes get back to the activities and sports they love without pills, injections, or surgeries. At our core, we believe that you should be able to grow strong and age gracefully. So whether you're trying to get ready for your next race, ready for your next workout, ready to keep up with your kids, pretty much ready to win at the game of life. Check us out and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Restore Thrive. Until next time, be well, everyone. Thank you to all of our dedicated listeners out there. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, review. Let us know how we're doing. We really appreciate that feedback, good or bad. If you're new to the show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for the name in the club VIP.